Welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me as always is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? Doing very well, Jody. How about yourself? Fantastico. Yeah? Yeah. It doesn't get much better than fantastico, does it? Well, it depends on what else you're doing, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, maybe not go there already. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, today's topic is modulation effects and specifically chorusing and the use yes. of chorus. Why would you use modulation in this case, chorus? Why would you use that? To make things sound lush and sweet. That's two good waves to describe it, I think. <laughs> yeah. How would you use it? Would you use it for the same reasons? Yeah, I don't use it a lot. Where I use it the most is probably on clean guitars. Mm. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later. But you can just bring out that. I've professed my love for LA session guitar tones in the past, right? And yep. that's obviously a big part of that. That's where, if it's appropriate, I will use it there. Keyboards use it a lot as uh -huh. well. So a lot of times synths can get a little bit warmer, a little bit more lush, a little bit more rounded off, I guess, if you add some chorusing to that. Sure. So, yeah, primarily. It's to kind of like sweeten things a little bit, right? Or make them sound bigger and lusher. That's how I usually think of them. Bigger and yeah. lusher. Bigger and lusher. And sometimes it can be very easy to overdo the big and lush. Can <laughs> to the point of drunk and lush. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, uh, Tell us how chorusing starts to work. Without getting too deep into this i think well that's the whole point of this be a nerd man i, I okay well I'll, I'll get as nerdy as i can on this the way the chorus actually works is you're sending it in for processing and it actually splits the signal mm -hmm. so you're constantly mixing against the dry if you will the way it works is that it adds a very short delay to the copied signal right up to like 30 milliseconds now What's that, the not, smallest version of that from what to 30 milliseconds? We can go down to like one millisecond, basically, just uh -huh. generally a little bit higher, but that's the range for a lot of these. If you have a value that small, you probably won't really hear the effect that much. Right. So the longer the delay, the more drastic the effect, up to about 30 milliseconds. So we're not hearing like a pronounced delay. It's, it's relatively short, but for the processing, that's where we're at. Uh -huh. This delay is then modulated with an internal LFO, and that, that's something that we set with a common rate parameter right. on there. The slight differences in the timing between these signals gives us kind of like a, a detuning effect. Uh -huh. right? The best way to think about these, I think, is like if you have two players or two singers singing in a room together at the same time, those slight discrepancies make it sound larger. Right. And usually good up to a certain effect, right? Yes. <laughs> up to a certain point, yeah. Then it becomes something else. It becomes something else and probably unusable. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the slight detuning there is what gives the chorus effect. I would like to say that the 80s is pretty much just like a showcase for, for strong chorusing right? effects. Yeah. It was probably overdone like every other production style in certain parts. Oh, but bite your tongue. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I use it still. I heard actually um, Dan Huff say something. And for those who don't know, 
who Downhoff is. Downhoff is now a, a producer very extraordinaire. Yeah, in Nashville. But before he was a producer, he was a session guitar player here in LA. He also had a band too. A rather popular band. Giant. Yes. Yeah. And he came out with their second album exactly at the wrong time when when grunge happened. He said something that was really good. And I I think he was doing something with TC Electronic, one of their tone prints or something at one point. All right. And they were doing something with chorusing, and he says, "Oh, I, I think I used up all the chorus in the '80s. There's none left now." <laughs> maybe that's why they're so transparent in the TC electronic world. Maybe, maybe, but but that kind of speaks to that how that was such a big prominent thing, right, in the '80s. Sure. And you know, you listen to Prince like Purple Rain or something. It's just like this big whoosh of, of chorus guitar sound. Sounds glorious. It does, but. But it it is a typical sort of like 80s sound. That's a little bit of how the chorusing effect actually works. We don't have to worry too much about the nuts and bolts of it. What it actually does because we can just turn parameters. What are some common parameters that we have on chorus units that we have? Now, this changes a little bit from unit it to does. unit. It does. Unit but, to unit is a little bit different. You know. Some chorusing effects will have what is known as a delay unless it is hard set by the unit itself or the plugin for that matter. Right. Logic's chorus doesn't have a delay. Damn nope. them. Damn them. But it still sounds pretty good though. It does. If you do have a chorus plugin or effect that does have a delay value, the higher the value, the more extreme the chorusing sound is going to be, the more extreme yeah. the result anyway. We also have a depth effect. This is how much modulation that Chris spoke of earlier is actually added back into the signal. The bigger the depth, the more drunk you're going to feel. <laughs> <In a sense. laughs> this is true. This is true. Yes. And the another that is very important to chorusing is the rate is what it is called. And this is how fast the modulation is doing its modulation. Now, a yeah. lower value is going to make that sound rather smooth. And this is where you might get a bit more of the sense of a bit of widening and luscious, juicy sonicness. <laughs> the sonic juiciness. The sonic yeah. juiciness. Whereas a higher rate value is going to become rather drastic to the point where you might feel like you need to expel breakfast or something. That would be a good way of saying it. You can also use rate in a couple of different ways. Some plugins will allow you to set the rate based on the tempo so you can sync it in a musical fashion. Others are just turn that damn knob based on whatever micro millisecond you want, and it doesn't necessarily sync to the tempo and becomes just the way you can set it. Yeah, the the rate is something because it's measured usually in hertz. Mm -hmm. So we could figure out that formula, you know, if you bring you up be Google a math and look, geek. right, you can do that. I often don't do that when I use it. I, oh, I tend to, don't do it. yeah, it, it's usually just an ear thing for me. I'm mm-hmm. listening to it and I find that uh, for most cases, too high of a value there can do more harm than good, unless you're going for like a really, really specific sort of- Disorienting Sound design, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, disorienting, that's a good way of saying it. The rate, and of course, because it, it splits the signal, it copies the signal, we can use this to get a stereo effect as well. 
So right. sometimes we, we get like little spread on that as well. So you don't have to do that. You can keep it just mono and sort of collapse it. Why would you want to do that when it sounds so glorious and yeah, right stereo, when you want right? to fill out everything? That's where the spread knob that comes in on certain plugins and pedals comes into effect. You can use it to widen out the sound to the point where if you do collapse at the stereo, it might collapse on itself and disappear. <laughs> Not something that you would generally want to do when you're mixing to mono. If you're only thinking of stereo, it can sound pretty juicy. And then lastly, but not leastly, if you are running your chorus effect in series of your signal, oftentimes it comes with a mix knob, which allows yep. you to blend in how much of the chorus signal you want to affect over your original signal. Otherwise, you put it on a bus when you're mixing and you do it with the send knob instead. <laughs> yeah, you can do either way there, obviously. When we're talking about guitar, that actually brings up a pretty good point, I think. So when you're using this on guitar, mm -hmm. if we take the mindset of, air quote here, real world application, yep. and you're playing live and you might have a chorus pedal that was so popular as well, right? Would you put that in your effects loop or would you put it in front of the amp for me yeah that goes in my effects loop yeah yeah more often than not it would yes right for me where would you put it i could go either way on those i think that's one of those that well it depends now if you're stereo or if you're mono coming out of your amp right see with my well, digital yeah. setup i'm coming out stereo so yeah. why would i collapse that to mono i mean unless the sound called for it it just seems kind of silly yeah, so now, now we're going on a little bit of a left-hand turn there, but it, but it depends on if you're running like a, a wet-dry mix and stuff, right? So if you're actually running a stereo rig, yeah. if you're not, it doesn't really matter. But I'm also thinking here with coercing where, where it's heading into the amp, if it's, if it's right in front of the amp, you're obviously distorting the chorus. Yes. Right? So sometimes, depending on how much you use, you'll get away with that and it can sound fine. I'm kind of curious. Let's take another little tangent road here. You remember the Rockman, right? Yep. Created by Tom Schultz. Right. And it was like this little black box that was probably about the size of, well, a Mac Mini. <laughs> Same thing in case everybody is relative to that now. It wasn't very big and it was a little direct box, but it sounded so glorious to plug into that and play through it. And apparently that's what he developed for Boston's guitar sound, seeing as how yeah. he created all that. Where do you think the chorusing effect came in on that? Because it never described that it had chorusing, but it was obviously chorused. I never owned one. I don't recall if I played ever played through one, mm -hmm. but that's a really good question. Because my feeling is that. it comes after the distortion circuit with the way it works. Well, that would make more sense, wouldn't it? it? Well, to me it does. And that's just the way I'm used to hearing it as far as what you're talking about as a distorted signal. I don't think I would distort the signal with chorusing in front of it. That's just not my choice. Yeah. I would do yeah, it no, more along the lines of after the distortion. Yeah. Like I said, all things being equal, mm -hmm. that's what I would do too. Okay. You know, and put it there because it, it's clean. You got your whole signal going into it as it were. Right. 
Now, mind you, we've been kind of going off about guitar stuff like that. For me, as a mixing engineer, when I'm mixing and producing, oftentimes, and you've seen some of my mixes with some rather extravagant vocal setups. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I actually do use chorusing effects on lead vocals and such. It's very subtle with the way I'm doing it, and it is in parallel. It's generally never directly going through the effect from the channel strip. It's going to a bus, and then it's being blended back in at usually a very low level. And all that's doing is adding additional support to the main vocal. So you're doing that almost like a doubling effect then? Is that kind of just adding a little it's bit of modulation? It's even more just subtle than that, but yes. Right. I look at it more as support, not literal doubling. Not an effect. It, it's just there to, to give it some girth. I That's guess. a good way of saying it, girth. And with right, that, well, we're going to move on here. Right after a few words from our sponsors, we're going to take on some examples and play you the dry and then the chorused version of these effects. It's a new tangent for Inside the Recording Studio. We'll be right back. And we're back. And as I mentioned just before the break, we're going to play some actual audio examples right now. Chris, kick us off with what we've got going here. Well, all the talk has been about 80s here, so it, I think it's just apropos that we're going to have a clean guitar, just a little bit of a performance, where first half this is going to be the dry. And here is the way I would probably dial in the sound using chorusing. So this has a relatively short delay, about 5.5 milliseconds. I got a modest depth of about 31%. And the rate is not tempo sync. This is relatively slow. It's about 0.55 hertz. Let's take a listen to that. guitar snippet you did there. What's our next example here with it? Well, the next one is the same performance, but no dry signal this time. Oh, I should say no dry signal. The mix is set here to like 50-50 for all of these examples. So it's like half of it is dry, half of it is wet. The next one here, we're going to increase the depth of the effect and it's, it's dialed up to 60. And now we're going to hear how it gets a lot more pronounced and we can really, really hear what's going on. So let, let's take another listen to that. All right. Depth set to 60%, 50% mix. <laughs> That was nice and lush, wasn't it? (laughs) It's getting to be almost a little bit too much. Now, we're listening, obviously, to just a solo guitar here. In a mix, could it work? Maybe. Maybe. Depends on what you're going for, how you're playing, that kind of thing. It's getting a little bit too much for my taste, anyway. Too much for your taste. Ouch. And you yeah. did this. <laughs> and I did it, yeah. All right, so we've got a third about too example. Much, yes. We got a third example. Now we're increasing the uh, rate 
up to 1.72 hertz. And well, in this example, more than doubled it. I did more than double it. In this case, I chose that value just because that turns out to be an eighth note in the tempo that this was recorded. Uh -huh. So it's a tempo synced thing. The depth is still up at 60% and the rate is obviously increased. So we're going to hear this is going to be way over the top. Let's take a listen to that. Oh my, I feel like I've been on a boat for a little too long. <laughs> yeah, getting a little seasick. I'm a little seasick and a little drunk at this point. Oh yeah. Obviously, there are two parameters here that are imperative to kind of play with, right? If you like that tempo synced vibe, which actually can be useful. Now, in this last example, the depth has been turned down to a more of a reasonable level. We're going down to about 12% here, still the same rate. Let's take a listen to that. You get a little bit more of like a tempo synced effect, but it is much more manageable in this example. See what a difference depth can make? That yep. is so much better to my ear where I don't feel like I'm ready to puke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unless we're doing like sci-fi noises, right? Well, there's that. But that then I might not be running a guitar through it. I might actually be running a theremin through it or something. Of course. You get you gotta go with a the theremin. Yes. But um I would say here, just like overall, my philosophy is Subtlety is usually key here when we're dialing this in. Right. I don't know where you stand on the rate here, like going for like a tempo sync thing. I think you said at the top. I already that said you it was really... based on my ear, not tempo. Yeah. yeah. I like to hear it where it moves a little bit, but if it gets too much like that, as we just heard, you get that kind of seasick kind of vibe. Yeah. So having a little bit of movement, I think is enough. And then just kind of dealing with the depth to kind of dial in as much as you want. Now, keeping in mind that in a mix, you might actually get away with more, but it might just sound like two or three players playing the same thing, that those two or three players just really need to tune their fucking instruments <laughs> at this point, right? Because it's, it's a little too much, perhaps. So, sure. What so are some common so, uses for this here? It sounds great to me. It's albeit a bit dated on clean electric guitars. Just like I, the examples I, you just played. I can't help it. I, I I like that sound a lot. And it just gives a little bit of width. Now, is it appropriate in all instances? No, probably not. I like it on guitars. Mm -hmm. Mentioned synths. That's often Keyboards, the case, right? Yeah. It, yeah. More often than not, if it has an effect section in your synth, there would more than likely be a chorus there to add that. If you think about the, the Roland keyboards of the past, right? Well, Roland seems to be like a pretty big name when it comes to chorus in a sense, because for keyboards and technically some guitar stuff, what would be the amp of choice just for chorus? The amp of choice? Yes. Well, the, the yeah, the Roland, what, what the, the hell? JC the JC-120, man. There that you go, yeah. That is like yeah. the classic sound right there from an right. amp for chorus. Yeah. And even if you're not a guitar player, right? You heard 
fantastic sounding chords on like the Juno synth things. Sure. So that that's why some people there that's considered like the holy grail, I guess, like for of chorusing on keyboards. Which now actually Roland do that. You have the Roland Cloud, right? I do. So I have, have their entire product line. Right. Via the cloud. So that, that's available in there. But uh, you mentioned also using chorusing on your lead vocal. Lead vocals, backing vocals as well. Not as often. Yeah. Generally, I will use it sparingly. Yeah. Subtle is key. Yeah, I, I agree there. Unless you're trying to go for like a fake big Mutt Lang thing, then it can be your help. It doesn't sound as good as re-recording it again and again and again and again. Again. Um, Again, like, yeah, again, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> what do they call him? The, the train, right? Because I do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Yes. You could use it anywhere you please, you want a little thickening, but those are three things that come to mind for me. They all work for me as well. I have used it in very rare occasions on snare drums, I have oh, used it in bizarre occasions where I'm creating a chorus like effect, but extremely subtle using almost the Haas effect mm -hmm. where you're duplicating the track, flipping the phase and manipulating the delay between the two tracks and then panning them and manipulating the volume level a bit. It's chorus like, but it gets the actual sound that you do this with to jump out of the speakers and sound yeah, like it's the beyond the speaker. Yeah. And it has yeah. a lot to do with, the phasing that happens, but it's very chorus-like when you do it. And it's a slightly different way to approach it. We'll have to tackle that in an entire episode maybe at one point. Yeah, that's a little bit it's more than, than the Haas effect, but it's... It's similar the small delicious. Yeah, it's with the, the, the timing offset there, yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll tackle that in another episode down the line. Maybe we should talk some about the gear here because... Some hardware units are considered the holy trinity, if you will, of, <laughs> of rack gear when it comes to chorus. Well, I want to start particularly again by mentioning Roland. And we are not sponsored by Roland. No, we are not sponsored by like Roland. It. But <laughs> the Dimension D. Yes, the Dimension D is, I would almost consider it the holy grail of chorusing effects. It's one of them, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. There. It's not, yeah. I mean, that just is such an amazing chorus. And it was used a lot. And the cool yeah. thing about it is, if you've ever seen one, you have this box that's rack mountable, and then it has four switches on it that each one has a different value to the chorusing that it does. And then if you get really ridiculous with it, you punch multiple buttons at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really mess the machine up, but get some really crazy chorusing effects beyond what it was originally intended for anyway. I believe that was an old Steve Stevens trick. I can't remember what song it was, but it was on one of the Billy Idol hits where he had modes one and three, I think, okay. engaged at the same time. So there's a little bit of nerdism for you, but sure. it sounds cool and it's like really wide and stuff. Now, we should probably mention here, uh, speaking of Roland, that I think most guitar players are familiar with boss pedals. Yes, and they are owned by Roland. Right. And they actually have a pedal version of that now that they call like the Dimension C. Mm -hmm. 
for whatever reason. But it's that, and it has the same thing with the multiple buttons that you could do. Maybe they have a weird licensing agreement with themselves. We can't steal our own name and put it on a pedal that wasn't originally designed by us or something. I don't know. It's probably (laughs) a little bit more to it than that. But yeah, they have that. And of course, the the sort of classic blue pedal that most guitar players know, like the CE1, which is just, you know... People like that sound. Another one that I wanted to bring up is the Ditronic Stereo Chorus. That's the one that was sitting in a bunch of LA session players' racks mm-hmm. when they were getting that kind of sound. That and the uh, TC Electronic 12. See, that's where people were speaking of things being transparent, especially when it came to particular modulation type effects. TC Electronics had that as kind of like their calling card that their modulation effects would be so transparent that people just thought they were extremely beautiful sounding effects. And they are, there's just no question about it. And as I blurted over the top of you, that particular model that starts out was the TC electronic 1210. Yeah. They've always done great sounding units. And I think they had a version of that as well. I don't remember the model number, but it was also a very, very common uh, stomp box for, for the same kind of chorus that they had. And just great sounding stuff. I also want to add that there was a Eventide box. Actually, there have been multiple versions of an Eventide box. The, the, what they called their Ultra Harmonizer. And the one that was penultimate back in your era of loving these things, which is the H3000. <laughs> yeah. That had some ridiculously cool chorusing effects among a bunch of other effects, but we're talking chorus today. Moving on from hardware boxes, what are some software versions of things that you dig? Well, I think just about any DAW comes with a stock chorus at this point. I think they'll probably sound really good. But although I haven't heard it, I'm sure the Juno 60 chorus from the Rolling Cloud sounds great. It's a Um, classic Juno 60 sound. If you're not part of the the, uh, Rolling Cloud, TAL Software have one that's called TAL Chorus LX that is built off of that circuitry or or as an emulation. That one is free, actually. Well, how about that one? I know, right? One that I really, really like, Mm -hmm. we'll come back to this, is the uh, Eventide Tricera Chorus, Mm -hmm. which I think is built off of... Ideas from the um, Ditronic. Ditronic, yeah, yep. I believe. So that that's a great sounding one. The um, Dimension D that you mentioned as well. Yep. Overloud has a version of that that they call the Gem Mod. That's actually sounding pretty cool. Well, but you're a UA guy. I'm a so UA guy, and there's several there. There's the Ditronics Tri Stereo. They've got that. They have. If you have an older version of the software, they had an actual license to do the Roland Dimension D. They've since changed the name of it for people that are buying it now. It's called the Studio D. And then they also have the Brigade Chorus. So they have quite a few choices there. And to top it off, if you are a Line 6 user, and this goes back to using PodFarm as well and the Helix stuff that they have now, they have emulations of stomp boxes of various chorusing units built into that software, as does Brainworks. They also do some chorus stomp boxes as well in terms of plug-in versions. I think it's interesting that Roland Boss Stompbox mm-hmm. is the one that's been chosen to be emulated. I guess guitar players are 
suckers for that type of sound, right? <laughs> so that's a cool one. Another one I want to mention that was actually used in the examples that we heard earlier today is a company called Blue Cat Audio. Yes. They have a course, and that's actually a free course. Can't beat so that. If you want to get that, you, you mentioned know, go two check it that out. are free today. You got one from Blue Cat Audio, and you've got one from TAL Software. Yeah. And I know the Overloud one that they did a scaled down version of that was free at one point. I'm not sure if it still is today. Yeah. Possibly not. There's a lot of options out there on the now software. Now that we've front mentioned well. a lot of these options, what do you pick as your absolute Desert Isle favorite? The Eventide mm. Tricer course. Yeah. I like that. I mean, first got my hand on that. It was I remember just pulling up preset, right? Oh, that's cool. There's another preset. Oh, that's cool. And so it just kept going like that. It's also ridiculously deep. Yes. So it might be one of those that maybe we'll do a deep dive on at one point. But that that's a cool course. I really like that one. And I think that's part of the... Um, H9. Yeah, the hardware box as well, right? What about you? What, what's your go-to? I have two. And okay. it is dependent upon my mood at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is a good way of saying it. The first one is the same as yours, the Triceracorus. The first time I pulled that up, it was – what would be a good way of saying it? So you died and you went to heaven? I don't know. It's, chorus heaven? It's, yeah, chorus heaven. It is Also known as the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a luscious and beautiful chorus effect. It's unbelievable. And then my second unit of choice is the Dimension D sound. Yeah. And – most of the time I'm using one of the buttons, but if it's not, I'm going to use multiple buttons of some sort of some arrangement to get some crazier type of chorusing effect out of it. So those are my two top choices right there. Cool. Awesome. I dig it. Yeah. We're moving on from chorusing now to our variety finds. Chris, what have you got today? Well, the good people at Heaviosity, they've released another free instrument. And they've released an emotive choir. Ooh. And I'm not the only one that really likes Heaviosity because it was so popular that it crashed their servers. Ooh. And they're trying to get them back up as the time of recording this. I like everything Heaviosity does. So that's my Friday find emotive choir from Heaviosity. Nice. And, and you, Jody, what do you got for us? I'm going with something that We've delved into quite a few times in the past on the podcast here, and it is switching the mindset of mixing to console mixing in your DAW. I'm listening. Yes. I'm listening. There is a company called Excite Audio, and they are doing a plugin called Lifeline Console Lite. As of this recording in 2023, before January 27th, you can get this plugin for free. If There's you're a lot listening of free to, stuff today, Yes, right? there is a lot of free stuff today. If you're listening past that point, I am sorry. My understanding is, is that the plugin is going to be valued roughly around $50 US. This console plugin comes with EQ, it comes with compression, and it comes with some sort of feeling of working on a console. They don't say what console they're emulating, so it's anybody's guess as to what it is, but it's a free plugin to help you Feel like you're working on a console in your DAW. Might be a that's cool way pick. to kind of get into it and try that workflow as well and see if you really like that. Yeah, so, that's I cool. Agree. Yes. 
While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. Doing so, we'll get you weekly reminders about the Tuesday tips when they come out, and we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this awesome podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at Inside the Recording Studio with the word chorus, and you'll get something cool back in your inbox, plus something extra Hint, hint. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you later, Jody.